Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations at Olive, a podcast featuring everyday conversations around the life of Olive Baptist Church and its surrounding community. Today, I'm joined by John Huff, our Minister of Education, Chris Reeser, our Minister to High School Students, and Diane Jago, who is a very active part in our student ministry. Uh, She does a lot here at Olive, and we're talking about parenting in the pew. Uh, so go ahead and get us started, guys. Like, what what is what are we talking about with the concept of parenting in the pew? Yeah, I cannot think about this topic without thinking of a story. Uh, my dad was a church planter. Uh, my mom was the pianist back in the day, and I'm probably three or four years old. And I remember walking up to the piano with my mom when she would lead in worship, and I would participate with her. I would go up there. I was playing the piano with my mother, or at least I thought I was, until one day. My dad grabbed me and snatched me up and put me back on a pew. So it was that day. It was like, all right, I was participating in worship, but that was not the time for me to participate. So when I think about children in worship, that might be my first memory from church is my dad coming down from the pulpit and saying, all right, you're staying right there. You are not participating in this part of the service. But there is a tension here between personalizing uh, participation and then also are we distracting corporate worship? And that's what I think about a lot as a parent. How about you guys? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and I think uh, I came to know Christ uh, when I was a teenager. And uh, immediately, though, they began to, at my church, work in how can we, I mean, uh, ushering. I mean, I became an usher just walking down the aisles, passing the plate. You know, they began to utilize the this new believer in different capacities that um, began to show me what worship was about. And so there was that aspect of it as well. You know, that's not as quite as young as being a child, but there was a part of me in the worship service participating. And that's for me, a, it was a big deal. I mean, mm-hmm. that, was, that was really uh, an important and special part of me growing in my faith and in the church. So, Diane, how do you like to have your children participate in worship? What does that look like? You have, who are your kids? How old are they? What does it look like for them to participate in worship? Yeah, I have three kids, um, a nine-year-old, a seven-year-old, and my youngest just turned five. And so um, I feel like we're at this age where they're all moved out of children's church and they should be participating. And yet I still go through the struggles and the pressures of what do people think if they're making noises or they're not paying attention. And so... um, it, yeah, the pressure is real. I understand where you guys are coming from. But participation for us looks like them sitting in service with us, you know, standing and singing. They're, some of them are doodling. Some of them are coloring. My oldest has his Bible with him, and he's trying to follow along. Um, and so really, I view parenting in the pews as like training up my kids. Like when I, no matter where we are, we can be training our kids. So if we're in the grocery store, if we're in the car, we're doing it. And the same thing happens when we're going to church Sunday after Sunday. Um, participating in worship and sitting and listening to the pastor. I think that's actually key. You talked about them sitting and standing with you. So right away they're learning, all right, this is the culture of the church that I join my parents, I'm alongside them, and I am participating. So uh, both you guys, how do you train your kids to be prepared for the pew? You talked about doodling. Do you guys bring snacks? Some people say bring the snacks. Some people say no snacks. What are some of the things that you guys do to prepare your kids for the pew? Yeah, I love the idea of preparing, but also um, in our student ministry, we, we like to talk about um, our leaders need to be um, displaying what um, they want to see worship to be. And it's not just a, you know, sitting in the back, pointing our fingers and saying, you should 
uh, it should look like this or it should um, you should be doing these things it should be them actually doing it and as parents we too ought to be sitting and standing and worshiping and, and, and tithing and doing those things and allowing our children to see what we're doing. Um, my wife and I, we have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. And right now it's the seven and five-year-old who are sitting in with us um, in, in the pews. And um, you know, we, uh, prior to going in, kind of set the expectations of, of, hey, this is what to expect while we're sitting in the pew and while we are here um, in the worship service in the sanctuary. Um, we do have, uh, you know, we have our iPads. We have, um, I don't, you can't see it, but I have this leather bound, I don't have casing. Um, it's kind of funny. It's kind of one of those old school Bible um, covers. Um, but in that, I have three moleskin journals, um, one for my daughter, one for my son, and then one for myself. And they know when the, the pastor begins to preach that it's time for the journals to come out. And I mean, if you look at them right now, I have them in front of me. They're doodles and they're, they're little things that they're doing, but I'm also taking notes because I want to, them to see me taking notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to display to them kind of what that looks like. Right. Uh, just this week, Pastor was preaching and Nolan was taking notes. I had to prompt him to do that. He was not feeling it this particular Sunday, uh, but he got into it. And you can look back in his notes and you can see a snake that is drawn and a dove because Pastor talked about being wise oh, as serpent right. and yeah. harmless as doves. And I, I encourage him, hey, draw the that's pictures, cool. take the notes, it, you know, uh, participate really at the appropriate level for you, which might be some doodling or, or different things to keep it kind of fun for them. How about Diane? Diane, how do you prepare the kids for the pew? I I agree with Chris. There's definitely mental preparation that happens. So throughout, I guess, even before the sermon, um, I'm letting them know, hey, remember, we're going to sing, we're going to pray. You need to be quiet during um, the pastor's sermon. And so just kind of pre-gaming them (laughs) and hoping hoping that they they remember that. And then um, even just mental preparation for myself to recognize that as adults, we're walking into the sanctuary. We know that we're coming in as we are. We have you know, our brokenness and and our problems, and we're not perfect people. And so we have to extend that same grace to our kids, knowing that they're still coming in with their messes. And so that might look like noise, that might look like us having to step out um, of the sermon and, you know, to discipline or give a timeout or whatever is necessary. So the mental preparation definitely happens um, both with the children and with, with the parent. Practically speaking, we, we take notes. Um, occasionally, I will bring snacks. I like I really? want to know who's the snack people, who's the non-snack people. <laughs> well, you have to be smart about it because you don't. Know, I brought fruit snacks and it was crinkling and it was distracting, and I'm like, okay, note to self: if I bring snacks, we're putting them in Ziploc bags next time. So there's, there's things like that where you learn as you go, um, but you just have to extend grace to yourself as a parent. I think I read on your Instagram page about bringing coffee recently, oh, no. too. So <laughs> I, I, tell us about the is coffee. That, is that for your children? What? Oh, man. <laughs> I brought coffee, and I had it in a, at a safe distance. And I was like, surely I was, I was mentally prepared to not let them spill it. And somehow the hymnal fell out. My daughter tried to catch it with her feet. She kicked it and knocked the coffee over. And we happened to be sitting in an area of the church where thankfully it was like the tile flooring, but it was elevated. So it started pouring down. And I was so glad that there was another person in front of me that I knew she helped me clean it up and mm. it was all good. But there's moments like that that happen. And um, if it can happen, yeah, it, it probably will. will happen. So maybe bring water, maybe yes. bring water. <laughs> yeah. And I love that there was someone in front of you that that extended grace as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a part of it. You know, there might be some 
you talking with people around you before you get, you know, as you sit down and as you have a conversation, because this is past Sunday, I sat, we sat beside an older couple and they just absolutely like, even the, the doodling only lasts for so long. Mm -hmm. And then you got to kind of have to work with like, all right, their attention span's gone. Let's, you know, but they were so sweet. The people beside us, they knew, you know, you know, we didn't know them personally, but they knew that we had these kids and they just loved on them. They mm -hmm. just showed that grace, and I just appreciated it, um, you know. But some of it has to do with a conversation ahead of time, mm -hmm. you know, as we sit down with the people around us. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you prepare the kids, you, you train them, um, you, you have your own snacks prepared or whatever it may be if you feel like that's necessary. But I think Diane mentioned discipline. So, man, what does that look like? Um, I, I know I had a, a teacher uh, when I was in college that discipline looked like uh, a Sharpie and tally marks. And those tally marks were nothing good when they got home. So we don't, we don't do any tally marks, but sometimes you do have to discipline in the pew or prepare or follow up. What, what does that look like for you guys disciplining um, in the pew or from the pew? I think what you do at church has to start within your home. And so if you're not already having a system of discipline at home then it's going to be harder to implement when you're some when you're someplace in public it's not just church so we have like a, a clip up or clip down system and so that's something where i'll say you know you got clipped down or you got clipped up um sometimes it, it's better just to say it after church so that in service they're not crying because oh i just got clipped down that kind of a thing <laughs> we also i mean last sunday you saw me john step out of service and i was sitting out there we were in timeout and I had to bring all my kids because my husband was out of town. So all three of us were sitting um, out in the pew and we were in timeout and we talked about the problem. We talked about the issue and then we went back into service and and that was that. So I think it'll vary from parent to parent, but um, you just have to model it at home and then bring it into the church. Yeah, that's so true. Even in regards to like sitting in a restaurant. And if you're not practicing it at home, how do you expect when you go into a restaurant for them to sit down mm -hmm. and finish their meal? If at home they're standing up and they're running around before they finish their meal and all of a sudden you, the expectation has changed and there hasn't been a conversation. Well, at home, if there's not a, a family worship, you know, I sit down and I read with my kids, but I'm like, you guys, we're going to sit down and we're going to read together and allowing that longevity to kind of lengthen with that book, um, with our devotion, with our with our time together, and then there's a prayer. So there's a, there's already this mentality like, oh wait a minute, we're we're coming into worship, we're coming into a place where I need to pay attention. Um, and so we, like Diana said, like this you know happens at home, but then when we before we go in, it's like, hey, we're about to go into church. This is what we expect, um, and and. You know, we have just been really good with with when we sit down, we walk through right before the service starts. We just this is what happened. And if there is a misbehavior in there is a time, well, you know, you just you, you know, it's, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And right. you just, you know, sometimes it's a look, sometimes you, you have to separate or um, but then we'll have a talk when we get home. For me, it's just like hey, when we get home, we'll have a you know, we're going to talk about this. Um, this is not the behavior that that's be displayed at church and. Yeah, it, mm -hmm. it is a tough tension, isn't it, though, between mm -hmm. participation and then also being a distraction to others because you want it to be personal for them. Um, I mean, then there's sometimes you're like, just lay down and take a nap. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, stretch out, just, just go to yeah. sleep. <laughs> um, you you kind of talked about consistency and that discipline, which is key. If, if it's at home, it's at church. But then you also talked about training them to sit, whether that's a, a book or I think about for us at the dinner table. 
you know, if they can sit through dinner, if they can sit through devotions in the morning, that's helping to train them for sitting in the pew. And there's, there's a capacity that I think they all have, but there's things that we can do to prepare them for service. If you've got a three, four, five-year-old that's getting ready to sit in church longer than they're used to, we'll start prepping them with devotions, family time, whatever. Um, I think we can help train them to be ready to sit in the pew. Um, now, so we talked about discipline. We talked about training. How about just getting your kids to join in with you? Uh, we model worship. Um, but what are some of the things that you guys like to do to get them just to, to join into worship with you? Well, it really helps when the, the music is, is, is rocking. So John Tyner, if you're out there, bud, you know, um, so like, you know, we have a lot of dance parties at the research. Uh, so Baptists uh, don't dance. Oh, no, no, no. We <laughs> have the a lot record. of movement at yeah, the Let the record show. <laughs> <laughs> So we, uh, um, oh, I mean, they get into it, and they they love to worship. They love music. Uh, music is a big part of, of life, and and uh, and the expression thereof. And um, the the harder part is just sitting still during mm-hmm. the time of listening, <laughs> when 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 pastors up, and uh, and they're good for a little while. But that participation, they the music is just is is very important. And sometimes we even walk through the instruments that are on stage. And that'll sometimes like allow me to, to kind of teach this like expression of many different forms of music. Um, and I'm like, hey, how would you like to play the cello? That that instrument up there is a cello. Look at the way that he's worshiping with that that instrument. Look at this instrument over here. And I'll kind of be talking with them a little mm-hmm. bit with with as a as we worship through music and things. So will you guys answer questions? Questions come up in the service. Pastor says something, or uh, maybe in worship. Do you guys answer questions, defer? How do you handle the kids asking questions in the pew? We answer them sometimes on the spot. Sometimes if it's more complex and it needs more time, we'll wait till after the sermon to address it. Yeah, there are questions. During, I try to answer as, as probably as you know quickly and quietly as possible. Yeah. Um, but then I make sure to take a mental note and really circle back around because what's coming up next? Lunch. Mm-hmm. And for us, lunch, um, meals are always very important time for, for discussion. But Sunday afternoon lunch, I mean, it just happened um, the other, I mean, yesterday we were having lunch. And uh, my, my daughter, you know, said that she thinks that Everett, my three-year-old, is ready to, to pray the sinner's prayer. Like, he's ready to accept Christ. I said, okay, well, let's, you know, let's talk about it. Well, that time, the, you know, the three-year-old is already kind of gone. Um, he's left the table. And we had a discussion about... What, what do you? Why do you think he's ready? Let's talk about what sin is. So the older two, I'm having this discussion um, because Pastor had given these invitations. He, it was very clear. The gospel was very clear, and so we talked about sin. We talked about uh, Jesus dying for our sins and all these things. Well, Elliot had enough, so he he got up, he walked to the other room, and he said, "Everett, what is sin?" He goes, <laughs> he says, come on, what is sin? Everett had no idea what sin was. He's just like, uh, Jesus. And he's like, no, Jesus is not sin. Jesus is the one who died for our sin. He's like walking my younger son through the gospel. And it was just good to see that that happened during lunch, that we were able to answer some questions. And then, of course, now they're trying to lead my three-year-old to the to the cross yeah you know that's awesome that's (laughs) That's awesome anyways we're in the same boat too we'll answer questions quickly if we can you know one word try to clarify where we can explain what's going on in the service sometimes why we're doing what we're doing uh explain maybe why we're doing the response time 
at the end where people can pray at the altar just so my kids kind of have clear expectations of what is going on um so we're the same way as you guys will answer some of those questions um you mentioned john tyner and and john tyner leads a multi-generational church Mm -hmm. um and leading in college ministry you leading in high school uh, sometimes the different generations have different preferences so how do we allow our children really to understand and appreciate multi-generational worship real community real people because not everyone is nine or whatever age you said your kids were so how can we help them appreciate that multi-generational worship i think it's helpful that they're in a church that's already practicing that and so as young kids who have experienced nothing more than that they're kind of just learning that's how it is instead of seeing like a one-sided picture so i feel like our olive kids have the advantage Mm -hmm. um so it doesn't really answer your question but (laughs) that's true though they see it modeled for sure yeah absolutely how about you chris yeah um again i know that not everybody has the 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 structure in home but you also see it in home when if we can get grandparents to really engage their grandchildren in 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 things at home when you can when you can begin to do that because at our at our house they go over to grandparents house but then we encourage those grandparents to pray with the kids and and begin to see things in the perspective of an older generation um and, and i agree with what you guys say like i mean john tyner does a phenomenal job at, at the the multi-generation like six generations that worship and having the kids here who can hear a, a hymn as well as the the, the bible songs um, that that happen um, I, I think that we do a great job um, as a church to include the children in that multi-generational um, worship uh, but there's also some things that we can all do at home as well to kind of introduce a uh, you know maybe a different style or something that would that would help I, I love that my kids do learn hymns like I grew up pretty much only listening to hymns um, and if they come on the radio those are not my children's favorite but in church in worship they seem to appreciate it and they've learned more than I ever thought they would have um, well, what's interesting in our house is that I, I love I mean I'm high school minister I love the contemporary I love the kind of the the very fun very upbeat stuff but what's the what's the songs we sing at night and it's the hymns it's amazing that at night when we set them down and we we go through devotions we go through books and then when we go to sing at night boom what comes up is a hymn from when we I was like where'd that come from <laughs> amazing grace here we go let's do it round 15 yeah. you know so it's just it's good to hear them all i think it's really important for them to understand that worship is not about them it's not about you it's not about me it's not about my preferences um, on a particular day, but it's about Christ mm-hmm. and glorifying Him. And it's so easy for us to kind of have a consumer mindset and then to train our kids to have a consumer mindset too, where we just try to appeal to mm-hmm. their needs, their desires, their wants, instead of preparing them for multi-generational worship. Let, let it look like heaven. Let it look diverse, uh, different people, different likes, different preferences. That's okay as long as we're glorifying Christ together. Yeah, that is, again, I mean, uh, my mentor, Mike Dimmick, he, he displays a lot of hospitality at his home, and he invites different people from different walks of life into his home. And not all of us have that ability to, to really, you know, show that kind of hospitality, but there is something at home that when you can invite neighbors over, when you can invite people over that your children see 
that there's differences. Um, I think that's also a good thing is the hospitality of of ministering to people around you. Um, there's different generations, yes, but also just that diversity, um, you know, because at times we do only see a certain group of people because they're going through the same phase in life we are. Um, but if we can get out of that in our homes, then that'll also look that way in our churches. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, Diane, you mentioned that your husband, Ethan, was out recently and you were in church. Um, so I, I think we have to defer to you. What tips would you recommend to moms out there? Uh, like Ethan, Chris and I are both out of service sometimes. We have responsibilities that take us away, and it's kind of always been like that. And our wives have become accustomed to doing most of the parenting in the pew. So what would you give to moms that are listening? What's some advice, some closing tips for parenting in the pew? I would say my, my greatest advice is honestly, your personal walk with God because it, it's in all aspects of parenting what flows out of you is what you're pouring into yourself and so when you're um, spending time in the word when you are um, in regular prayer it, it's not just like a Sunday thing that you're putting on to be a good parent in the pew it's a Sunday through Saturday type of thing and so um, as I pour into myself through the word of God through prayer through Christian community that overflows into how I perceive events that happen on a Sunday morning. So I can go into church with this expectation of, okay, I'm praying and I hope that my kids will be on their best behavior, but there's a chance that it might not be and that they might not be. And that better prepares me for um, my time in service, knowing how to respond to my kids and the things that happen. Um, and then I think the other part of it is just everything that we talked about, modeling what happens in the home, allowing that to happen in service making just practical preparations maybe sitting by people who know that you're you're kind of struggling that you haven't put mm. this into practice yet um you're, you could tell someone hey we haven't been to church in a while just because of everything with um, the pandemic we want to come in but i'm nervous can you help come alongside me um, finding people that'll be in your corner literally i guess physically mm. <laughs> Both. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah and um will help come alongside you awesome that's yeah. so good I think that kind of dives into a question I had, like for church members listening to this who maybe they don't have kids or maybe it's been a long time since they've had kids, they're older, what can they do to support parents who are parenting in the pew? Like what can they do to help make that transition for a parent who's like, hey, I want my kids with me in service. What can they do to help make that easier for them? Mm. Man, that's a good question because the grace is a lot do with it because it's not a I don't know foolproof plan you know your kids are not always going to be perfect um, and maybe not even some of the times they're gonna they're gonna be crawling and uh, moving and doing things uh, but the grace uh, but also displaying what worship is as well uh, my kids are always watching not just their parents but the congregation uh, my kids are very sensitive to people going to the altar and praying they don't have to know them. They'll then want to say, and they just this past, like they said this past Sunday, can we pray for them? Someone went down to the altar, and my son Leno said, can we pray for them? And they're kneeling at the altar. And so we sat down in our pew and began praying for the one that was up at the altar. And so there's this, like, be the church and, like, worship, you know. And, you know, there will be, if they're squirming, just continue to worship. Um, you know, don't, don't get, I say, bent out of shape. Don't get bent out of shape. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a, a heightened level of grace, too, right now. There, that always should be the case. Mm -hmm. But especially right now, I think people are more sensitive to understanding. You know, we have, maybe not have 
childcare available. Um, and yeah, you can hear babies crying in the service sometimes or in the cry room outside the service. Um, and pastor has said many times, if you can't preach over a crying child, then you probably should not be preaching. So he understands and extends that grace mm-hmm. too. So if people just understand, you know, it's okay. It's not, it's not going to go well every time. This is pretty hard. And uh, for children, worship can be kind of an acquired taste where they're learning and growing and stretching in those things. And anytime they're stretching, there's there's going to be some some noise and breaking and some tension, and that's okay because yeah. we'll extend grace because I know me and my kids, my wife, we have needed that grace over the years. Yeah, and that's and I say the same thing even as as we begin kind of some discipleship groups in homes. Um, and I tell parents, your home doesn't have to be perfect when when these these students come into your house. It doesn't have to be clean. It doesn't have to be picked up. You know, you don't have to have dinner ready. Like these are these are things that like it's so the church kind of the same way. It's like no, this doesn't have to be perfect. You don't. I mean, yes, yeah, suit and ties are nice, but it doesn't. Your child may not <laughs> be in something. You may not brush their hair that morning. That's okay. Like you know, that's just. I'm just glad we got Everett's haircut. I mean, they're not the brush anymore. <laughs> so Everett got a haircut. Are you on the agenda? Are you letting it go? Oh, what, what's the plan here? Yeah, that is the next question. Who's in line to get a haircut? All right, Chris is not answering that. Okay, well. <laughs> I would just add on a practical note, um, there have been times, at, we've because we were a military family before, we've been to a lot of different churches. And one experience that I had was one of my kids was fussing and um, and elderly woman who had, I think, great grandkids, she she left the service and came back with crayons and a coloring book. And that just meant the world to me. And in another instance, someone passed me, they kept little candy wrappers or wrapped candies in their purse and they passed one to my kids. They asked me before they passed it, but <laughs> they did it anyways. And so just seeing a, a mom in need or a dad in need um, and just thinking, how can I practically serve and love them right now has been really helpful. And then one more instance that I think of is someone came up to me after a service and they were like, hey, I just want to let you know, like you did, you're doing a great job being mm-hmm. a mom. Like she just encouraged me. And so where I thought maybe she was looking at me and judging me, she was actually like praying for me and then encouraging me afterwards. And so that blessed me immensely. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That yeah. awesome. That's really, really cool. Yeah. It's a hard thing. And I think other people realize it is a hard thing to have small children in church, but it's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to train them and teach them and, and raise them up in the admonition of the Lord so they can see you worship, see you worship at home, like Diane said, and then come together in corporate worship as well. Very, very cool. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast today. Just appreciate every one of you so very, very much. And just thank you for being here and talking about this really important subject. Uh, for you guys, if you would like to read the article that we kind of referenced throughout this whole thing, uh, we're going to make that available for you down in the show notes. So be sure to click there and read through that article. Really great resource for parents who are looking to do more parenting in the pew. And as always, thank you for joining us and we'll see you for the next Conversation at Olive.